friends, this is No Creamer. I'm Nick Richards, and today I'm joined by Emily Adkison. She's the head roaster for Bongiorno Coffee, the creative behind the coffee blog, Out of the Brew, and a competitive force in office trivia, having watched the show you said estimated 40 times all the way through close <laughs> close any i mean the fact that it was more than like i've seen it 11 times through the fact that it was like multiples of 10 <laughs> is uh is definitely something that i would say i i don't think i could touch the trivia knowledge that you have for the office what would you say is the most obscure question that you've answered in a uh, office trivia oh man one of them was what was the name of the children's book that Dwight was reading to the kids on like bring your daughter to work day oh but it was gosh. like the German name okay. and I that was one I couldn't answer I, yeah. I I mean I couldn't remember it was a long phrase and it was in German <laughs> so I was like right. of course I don't remember yeah um probably that one it was so random that is random. But yeah when you said book that Dwight was reading all I could think of was him reading Harry Potter to Jim and Pam oh yeah yeah <laughs> That was at, a good one. At the, the farm. That's a fun episode. Well, because I remembered what the book kind of was in English. Like, because he said it was a book of cautionary tales for children. And that's, that's what I thought right. it was. But it was the German name. And I was like, oh, I was so upset. <laughs> I thought that would have counted, but yeah. it didn't. <laughs> that's awesome. I love The Office so much. Um, so for the episode, you were kind enough to bring the flower dripper mm-hmm. for our brew today. Did a uh, 16 to 1 ratio with... A, an onyx natural, the Colombia de Lagua Jesus Nunez natural. It's a very long name. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's fancy. Yeah. The uh, the notes on it, which I, I've said that I've been trying to not read the notes of coffee before I talk about it because mm-hmm. I want to test my palate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're pretty distinguishable. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. You got gummy, dark chocolate, and wine. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's like literally biting into a gummy but then like it later bursts wine it's like it's filled with wine and it bursts like as soon as you swallow it yeah Yeah. that's what it tastes like (laughs) i think i think you might be on to something (laughs) pitch it to adult gummy there you go that's exactly right i want to jump into your coffee uh career your creative outlets and well of course we'll talk about the office and other fun tv shows that are connected with that uh when did you start roasting for bongiorno I started about four years ago now. Um, next month will be exactly four years. Um, so about a year after I started working at Bongiorno, I was a music therapy student at the time. Okay. Um, so I kind of, at the time, if you wanted to roast, you kind of put your name in the hat. And if you were there long enough, then you got promoted because it was kind of like a promotion mm-hmm. within the company. And so I put my name in the hat and I was picked. And I was really excited because it seemed really cool to learn about coffee. And at the time I wasn't like full-fledged into like specialty coffee, like Mm full-time yet, but I thought it'd be really cool. And it was a nice, you know, pay raise for whenever I would be there. Um, And so I roasted like once, twice a week for maybe a couple years. And sometimes I filled in when the manager was out of town. And over time, as you know, I was like further in my schoolwork for music therapy I was just like not as happy as I thought I would be mm. um, it with, was a, the, with the school decision uh, or like yeah, with the subject like with, matter rather I mean it's a great it's a great program yeah. I just wasn't as happy and I was just 
always depressed and I felt like I wasn't really cut out to do this. Um, and again, it's a really great field, but I'm, yeah. I was just thinking like, is this what I meant to do? Like, cause I don't want to be unhappy in what I'm doing. It's an interesting place to be in when you're talking about therapy, like mm-hmm. when you're studying to do therapy for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what, what came out of that? Um, well, I kind of, it was kind of an epiphany because I realized during that time I roasted coffee on Saturdays and I even told people like, yeah, coffee roasting is like my detox from, Mm. from school. And I was contemplating like my future and, you know, talking about it with my husband and, you know, friends and family. And I realized like, I felt like I was better at coffee roasting and I Mm. felt like I found more fulfillment from it. And this is something that I could do and be happy with because that's kind of my driving force is to do something that I feel like I'm good at and can improve in mm-hmm. hopefully and just, you know, be really happy. Yeah. And so the, I think it was my last semester was when I officially switched. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I just switched to liberal arts and music because okay. then even after that I would have had to do a long internship and mm-hmm. test for certification. And so it yeah. probably would have been another year before I could have worked. And so, and I, and I love music. I mean, I haven't played since I graduated mm-hmm. college, which is almost two years ago. But I think coffee was something that I found more fulfillment in. And so I made the decision to switch and graduate earlier so I could uh, transition to coffee full time. And I worked in the store more often still because there was another manager. And then I want to say a month or two after I graduated college, my boss came up to me and was like, hey, do you want to run the roastery? I was like, yes, like, absolutely. like that's what I want. Yeah. So, um, that August was when I got promoted and yeah. Cool. Oh, I feel like coffee has a natural therapy aspect to it as well. You know, of course, you know, music therapy is something that you can study and learn and grow in your skill set in and be licensed in and all sorts of things like that. But I think, you know, most of us would say that in our role in coffee, there is something that we have done that has cared for another person, whether you want to officially call that therapy or not. Um, there have been, you know, many instances in my experience with coffee where I've had good conversations with people, been able to figure out things in my life because of those conversations. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's cool that you're able to take that other passion and kind of marry it to this thing that has an outlet for that as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've experienced anything along those lines, being able to take something that you studied and apply it to something else that you were passionate about that made you happier? I mean, nothing like necessarily tangible information that I learned, but I mean, definitely learning about myself in the process of just as important, yeah, going through all of that. You know, I was like stressed all the time, I was mostly depressed, and um, I felt like in the program. Like I wasn't as good as everyone else, mm. which is, I mean, still accurate because everyone else is trained since they were kids. And I was kind of off and on, um, like mostly playing drum set, kind of self-taught mostly. Yeah. And my school didn't really teach music theory. And so I was really behind. Mm. Um, and I did learn a lot, but I think through that, I learned to not discount myself, you know, as long as I strive to do my best and, um, you know, as corny as that sounds, but like, I think that's all like, anybody can ask. Yeah. Like finding like what works for you and like what makes you happy, but also like you feel confident in and that you can keep improving. Like, 
even if you don't feel good or even like about it or even if you feel like you're kind of plateauing a little bit like there's always chances and times to to improve and I've been kind of going through that phase where I felt like I wasn't like really improving mm-hmm. on my roasting I felt like I was just kind of going in and doing the job yeah. and now like you know even trying to apply new techniques of roasting to improve our coffee you know just like always like finding things to improve and not make excuses because mm-hmm. I feel like for a long time I was doing that to myself man um, improving and not making excuses are two I'm things. I'm really bad that, at that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Don't often get talked enough about. I think improving gets talked about. I think a lot of people talk about making things better, um, but not making excuses along the way, I think is something that uh, doesn't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. I feel like excuses are an easy thing to to make whenever you're talking about, you know, like dreams and goals and aspirations. You've got all these things that, you know, might be challenges along the way. Mm-hmm. And those challenges can either be faced to make something better or those challenges can become excuses to not make something better. Mm-hmm. That's really cool that you're taking that perspective. I mean, I still struggle doing that. Like, but course, I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm more aware. Yeah. Aware of it. And then, yeah. And I mean, realizing my position at work, like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the one that's supposed to run this and like <laughs> make these decisions. And it's still sometimes like, hard to see myself being like in a management position mm-hmm. but it's just like yeah I'm in this position and I'm here for a reason I have responsibility and all the coffees here like are kind of under my charge yeah. like they're like the soldiers keeping everyone going there you go. um so you, yeah I mean you just got to keep working on them and yeah training, you... I don't know ro- keep roasting them sure. to the best of my ability and yeah. so what what has been a recent uh, technique or something that you've looked at to improve the roast of all the coffees across the board or a particular roast for y'all? Mm-hmm. I do have to say thank you very much for sending over those two bags. Uh, oh, yeah. Haven't, yeah, I was going to ask the how chance, they were. Uh, working through the Christmas bag right now. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Oh, it's good. really, really good. Yay. Uh, remind me of the name of the other one. Uh, it's our Mexico Oaxaca. Oaxaca. Okay. That's the, that's the word that I was going to mess up. I haven't got to, uh, <laughs> brew that bag quite yet, but the Christmas one's really, really good. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. So what are the, what improvements do you feel like you've, uh, tried to make or techniques, anything that you've been trying lately? And I don't know all the like legit terms. Totally. Okay. Um, I feel like I should, but you know, it's okay. So whenever we start a roast, um, you started at, a certain so we have a gas powered geese and okay. roaster um super great i'm so blessed to be able to work on a roaster like that so whenever we start a roast we'll start at a certain percentage like like when we roast espresso normally we sh- like for the longest time we would start roasting it like we would set the gas level to 70 percent of okay. like the capacity for the gas mm-hmm. for the machine we realized that throughout the roast we kept having to increase gas temp to keep the air temp going consistently um, like increasing at a steady rate but then we found that the development time would be too long Mm. and you don't want it to be too long so what my boss suggested because it was a problem we were having and I got to a point where I was like hey I don't I don't know what to do and asking for help is really difficult too but he suggested starting like turn the gas to 50% when it's like charging Mm -hmm. and whenever it hits the temp you're supposed to drop it at like drop it and then at a certain point before like begins to peak up yeah. even before that you bump it up to 70 and I was like okay so, so we don't tried start it. it as high right don't yeah. start it as high right before it like peaks up turn it up because it gives it allows the drum to have more heat mm. in the beginning 
Okay. So then yeah, you gotcha. have more heat to go off of rather than trying to increase it throughout the roast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've kind of switched up to even do 60 to 80, Yeah. but we've been kind of applying that principle to our other roasts. So like if we started a roast originally at 60, you know, charge it at 40 yeah. um, and then bump it. And so that's actually been really successful. That's awesome. um, it allows an initial higher heat. And so it allows for the drum to be hotter at, at a more appropriate, yeah. yeah, and sustains that at an appropriate, like at the at an appropriate time. Yeah. And then once you get to first crack, there's enough heat to keep heating the drum so you can like drop the drop gas and yeah. it'll, it'll just level out because the overall pattern you want, you want the highest peak for like the air temp and the bean temp to be in the beginning and it's just a gradual decline. So that's uh, kind of like okay, the ROR curves and everything, like those kind of curves. So you have like the graph that you're charting and then you have in the background, you have this kind of pattern that tracks what the air temp and the bean temp is doing mm. in the background. And so you want that to be peaking at the beginning and then just be a gradual slope. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you don't want it to go like squiggly like too, yeah, and all right. over the place. So that way you can get a pretty consistent roast. So that's awesome. It's been, it's been a change and still trying to adjust and like even learn the signs behind that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really successful and even cupping our coffees, like we've seen a huge improvement. That's awesome. So it's always cool to see something that you're working on, a change that you're making have tangible results. I feel like coffee is one of those things that the most minuscule things make such a large difference. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about doing small changes over a course of time, all of those things can lead to a totally new experience for, for a particular roast. It was very interesting when I was talking with Jason about roasting, the coffee that we had, the bean that was roasted at Edison, was one that he has done for his uh, for pick coffee. Are any of the beans that you've roasted for Bongiorno, is there any other roasters that are using the same uh, lot that y'all purchased from or, anyth- or farm that y'all purchased from or anything like that that you've tried to figure out like, you know, like, oh, they're roasting this note out of it or something along those lines? I don't know. I haven't seen a lot. Like I know Jason has a Colombia and a Guatemala. I can't remember where they come from. I can't either, but Edison has a similar, which one did we have? Edison has a Guatemala. They like they have a bean from the mm-hmm. same farm where he gets for his, okay. his Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah, because we have a Weiwei Tenango and I've seen that at other other places before. Okay. But yeah, I haven't seen other places. I have like the same coffee, like same farm, or at yeah. least like maybe I saw it and I didn't yeah. like It was just an interesting thing to have him, you know, hear him talk about, you know, like, hey, we're drinking this Edison mm. and they roasted it in this way. And it's a totally different profile than the way that I roast. I find mm. coffee just fascinating in yeah. that way. The fact that you can, you know, do something a little bit different on that curve that you're talking about and have a completely different flavor profile come out at the end. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something in there about, I like asking these uh, harder questions sometimes because I feel like they make the conversation, they make the conversation a little bit more accessible to a broader audience. So in there, you said that um, asking for help is something that's difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel that is? I like to do things myself. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a very self-sustaining mindset. Mm. I feel like I've been that way since I was a kid. Even getting married, like I realized that was my biggest issue was leaning into my husband more, even if it was talking about my feelings or leaning into him for support. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you take the Enneagram. I was wondering um, if you were going to bring it up. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a four. Okay. Um, a four wing three, but mostly a four. So I'm all the emotions. And my husband is a three. So okay. he's... um. 
Y'all are really close then. Like yes. on the Yeah, he's a three wing two. Okay. And he his love language is like service and quality time. And when we first got married, that was not mine. Mm. So he's all about like wanting to help, wanting to find solutions. But when I was in the middle of a moment, Mm -hmm. that's not what I was wanting. Um, I was like, I'm not asking for help, you know, (laughs) but I realized I needed help in a different way and I didn't communicate that. So like, I'm like, this, this is what helps me is if you just acknowledge what I'm feeling. Mm. Not that he was doing anything wrong. He didn't know. And I didn't know at the time. Um, but it was just, again, a matter of communication and realizing, oh my gosh, this is what helps me. This is why I kept getting frustrated. Mm. And then it's like other things, like even going to the store, I hate asking people where to find something. Yeah. And I've learned to do that now, but like for the longest time I would walk around for like 30 minutes and I'm like, I don't like grocery shopping. And so I'm like, you know, if I could ask someone I could have left sooner. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like I feel better when I do things myself, mm-hmm. but I also recognize that like there are a lot of moments where I need, I need help and I get to a point if I can't do it, then I kind of, I don't know, I stress out even more mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, if I asked for help a while back, I wouldn't have been in this spot. And I think even being aware of that, I think that's one of those things that happens as we, as we grow in our understanding of ourselves. Mm-hmm. being aware of those things that, you know, like maybe this is what I would normally do, but in this scenario, mm-hmm. I could ask for help. I don't know what it says about me, but I love asking people in stores where things are <laughs> <laughs> because the 30 minute thing sounds like a, an awful time for me. There's that whole uh, I think it's neuroplasticity where like if you find something or if you figure something out on your own, you're going to know where it is all the time. You're going to be able to remember that way better than if mm-hmm. someone tells you where it's at or how to do it. We're sitting across the road from a, uh, a Kroger that's absolutely massive. And I know where most of the things are, but a couple of years ago, they switched the layout of the store and mm. it was just like nobody knew where anything was. And so they had all these employees like stationed around to tell people where stuff was. Anyways, I had a really good time oh, asking people okay. where all of the other things are. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so you've also have this uh, coffee blog mm-hmm. called Out of the Brew. Did that start before or after you were uh, working for Bongiorno? After. After, okay. Yeah, I started it, I think November, 2019. I, my plan was to write more articles and like have an Instagram handle, Mm -hmm. but like focus more on like the website that I have with Squarespace. But then it kind of switched. I realized, man, writing a full article is a harder than posting on Instagram. So I have a couple articles. I tried to meet with people around the DFW coffee scene. Like my first interview was with Jason. Um, And then I kind of did a series of like an article or Instagram live with like shop owners or workers at, you know, like Lazy Daisy, Race Street, Black Mm -hmm. Coffee. Um, And that was really fun, like getting to know everyone. Um, And I try to think of ideas to write articles on roasting, like Roasting 101, like here are, you know, factors that we look at when we're like about to roast a coffee for the first time. Uh, Here's convection versus conduction. Here's Mm -hmm. why they're important. So try to kind of break things down for people who don't understand roasting. I try to simplify it as best I can and make it short. And yeah, just try to try to introduce roasting in a way that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. most of the time I post what I'm brewing. I do brew reviews. So I like buy coffee or some um, roaster send me coffee to review cool. like what method I tried it on that was best and what's a uh, roast that you've tried recently that you know hit that top 
five or top 10 list for you? Oh my gosh. I have, I have learned so not to ask favorites recently. So they're on the top, I mean, top list for you. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, anytime I have something from Onyx, it's always like my new favorite. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to. There, this year's lot from Aponte Village, mm-hmm. Colombia. Yeah. The first time I had that was like two or three years ago. It was one of the best coffees I've ever had in my life. And then this year, it generally kind of stays this. I mean, there's some varieties just because yeah. the crap changes. This year, it was very like malty mm, in a good way, like chocolate malt yeah. um, with like underlying tart notes of cherry. It was really good. I just think so of a good. Whopper with a cherry. You think of what? <laughs> you said malt and cherry. So I'm, oh. just, I'm picturing like a, a Whopper. Oh, the, yeah, um, yeah. Is that the name of the candy? Yeah, I, I always it? forget about Whoppers. Yeah. There. Okay. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That one was really good. I had one from Farewell Coffee okay. Roasters up in Bend, Oregon. Okay, I'm not familiar with them. They're really good. Yeah. One of the coffees I had from them was like over a year ago, and it was a, I think it was a Ethiopia Limu, and it was like notes of strawberry turnover, like cereal, like fruity cereal, Dang. vanilla. It was so good. That was, and I lo- actually love fruity cereal notes. Yeah. I've learned. So that one was really good. But then the one I had recently was called Jam Session. I believe it was, it was a double natural Ethiopia blend. And it literally was like, kind of like a blackberry compote. Wow. It was super tart. Can it you was explain really to me good. what in the world a double natural is? It was two different Ethiopias, both washed or not washed, both processed naturally. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like tropical weather from Onyx. Mm-hmm. They had I love tropical weather. The two Ethiopias, they were from the same farm, mm-hmm. I believe, but one was washed, one was natural. Okay, which it was so good. That sounds awesome. That was another good one. Yeah. I've had so many good coffees. It's really hard. I think those are some but, some good ones for yeah, sure. I would love to try Cat and Cloud soon. I had one yeah. a long time ago but it was like dark chocolate and blueberry notes which are two of my favorite flavor notes that Um, sounds good and that and old world coffee Mm. i mean this was a while back but it was still pretty memorable it was really good that sounds awesome have you ever thought of you know like what you want that to grow into do you want to do like a youtube channel or do you want it to grow into anything aside from the blog or is that really like a good this is what it is and that helps me to kind of formulate the content approach. I think a podcast would be cool someday. Totally. I feel like I'm not fit for YouTube. Why is that? I I feel I'm, I don't want to say this in a negative way towards myself. Videos are not my strong suit. Okay. Like talking wise. Yeah. Um, like something like this is definitely free flowing because I'm not worried about what I look like or, or like how I look when I'm talking because mm-hmm. sometimes like I had these certain facial expressions and if there's like a freeze frame, it's always like (laughs) some weird face. I'm always like, I don't know. I always like get paranoid about that or not paranoid, but yeah. But, um, I wouldn't mind a podcast when I was first starting this, um, people were like asking if I, or like I did a poll, like, should I do it as a like articles blog or podcast? And it was a surprisingly like good amount of people who voted for podcasts. I was like, I don't know how I would do with podcasts, but now that I've done this one oh thank you now like with this one and I've done one in the past and I was like you know this is really fun yeah like I like the face to face talking interaction and I feel like you get more a little Mm -hmm. more out of it you know like you can actually hear the person's voice and I feel like that you can get associated with them better Mm -hmm. or like get to know them better I guess yeah yeah, maybe someday an article or a blog post that takes an hour to read would be exceptionally long but a podcast that takes an hour to listen to, I mean, that's pretty, 
pretty average. So, you know, I mean, and also we both know I have an English degree. You've written quite a, it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and energy to write even a 20 minute article. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely see that. I think a podcast would be really cool, especially focusing on the, the roaster side of things. Mm-hmm. I feel like I enjoy having roasters on the show because that's something that I never got to do. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of stuff in the marketing space and the barista space that I got to do, but roasting was never something I got to even touch aside from, you know, like walking in a roastery and doing a cupping or something along those lines. So yeah. I enjoy chatting with roasters because it's just, you know, it is the other technical, super scientific aspect of the coffee process with a lot of creativity mm-hmm. baked into it as well. Yeah. So it's really fun. You won an office trivia contest. We mentioned this at the front of the show because I think that's, I love the office. Very sad that it's not on Netflix anymore. And I missed out on the uh, grab of um, purchasing a box set when it was not, you know, the price hike after everybody couldn't stream it anymore. Oh no. Yeah. But uh, great show. Do you have a favorite season? Oh, um... Also, I'm going to fire off some random trivia questions here in a second that I okay. don't know all of the answers to, and I just want to see how how it goes. Okay. Seasons two and three. <laughs> I, yeah. I think those are the best ones yeah. for sure. I mean, season two has so many iconic episodes mm-hmm. and season three, there's so much going on. Also a lot of great episodes. Yeah. And Those are the yeah. seasons that I go back to when I'm like, just want to you know put something from the office on. I know. I do that all the time. And I feel like sometimes my husband is like, oh, I mean, you're not going to... I like I, I like I put it on to clean sometimes. I mean yeah. I can't anymore because you know it's not on Netflix. Yeah. Um, but my, sometimes my husband would be like, or like I would put it on and he would be like, "You're not even gonna listen to it." I'm like, "No, I do." It's yeah. like it's like subconscious at this point. Totally. Um, like like I've on, seen it so many. It's just comforting, you it know. Is, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you could have it on in the other room and hear what's happening and just kind of watch it in your head? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I feel like that's where that's I'm at. That's where it's it. at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seasons two and three are the ones that always come up for me whenever mm-hmm. I want to rewatch it. All right, so I'm going to fire off a couple of questions that I might not know the answer to. Okay. But I just feel like they're good. Um, do you know what gas station it was that je- this is? Y'all, we are so far past the office being off the air. So, <laughs> spoiler alert, I feel like it's useless at this point. Um, what gas station Jim proposed to Pam at? Oh, shoot. Oh. It's on the spot. Um, it is, totally. I don't remember. I should know. That's okay. I don't remember. Okay, let's see. What is the name? Uh, so they have many Halloween episodes. Mm-hmm. Dwight comes as a different culture's version of Santa or a different country's version of Santa. Dwight Christmas. Okay. I think that's the episode title. Do you remember? But he's Belschnickel. Yeah. <laughs> Belschnickel. The Belschnickel. Yeah. I love that character so much. <laughs> Whenever Onyx released the Krampus Mm-hmm. All I could think of, it's not the same thing, but all I could think of was the Belschnickel. I don't mm-hmm. know why. That's another really good coffee. Uh, let's see. What other ones we got? What's the name of the sports company that Jim goes and works for? Athlete. Athlete. But then it changes to Athlete uh, after they moved to Austin, I think. Okay. For some reason in my brain, I was thinking of Entertainment 720, but different show. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Parks and Rec. <laughs> Parks and Rec. Also very good. Yeah. I feel like the question wouldn't be worth answering Parks and Rec versus The Office. There's different aspects. So I yeah. actually enjoy Ben and Leslie's relationship more than Jim and Pam. Oh, really? Which might be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. Because like, I kind of see more of myself as Les- a Leslie than a Pam. Yeah. 
And like, I kind of see as my husband, my husband is Ben, but he actually won't watch Parks and Rec. It's really sad. Is it the first season that gets him? He's no, not, I even yeah. showed him flu season oh, and he man. didn't like it. <laughs> like, it's so funny. I don't know. It's, I mean, that's, you know, if he doesn't want to watch it, it's fine. I mean, like as you know, the office, I think overall the office is better in terms of like natural humor. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, Cause I feel it's all in the office. So you right. have that one workspace and yeah. I feel like everything kind of flows a bit more naturally where like parks and rec, like they go all these places, right. which is fine. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the, uh, the characters are a little bit more outlandish, which, mm-hmm. which is what makes it funny. But like all the characters in the office, they're like, there's just these people with all these different personalities yeah. coming into this one workspace, yeah. you know, working together for like over 10 years. Right. And, yeah, so. How do you feel like that show would do if it was airing now? It wouldn't do well. I don't think so either. I definitely feel like if it aired today as a whole new show, I feel like it would have a little more backlash yeah. and like be labeled as insensitive. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, we wa- we all watch it now. And just like, it's just like, it's just so funny. Cause like also with Michael Scott, mm-hmm. He's, he tries to be funny. He tries to be cool. And I feel like a lot of his humor is, or like half of his humor is somewhat innocent. Like yeah. sometimes he says things and he really doesn't know what he's, he's saying. Right. Or like he just doesn't catch it. He's just, it just goes over his head. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it isn't intentional. Some, yeah. some of it is, you know, but like some backhand comments, like, I mean, I have a quote in mind. I don't know if I should quote it though, where he's like, if, if you they're, don't want to, they're planning, they're planning like the, their first Christmas, like the first Christmas party episode, mm-hmm. I think. And Pam was like, you know, we're not supposed to have alcohol at the party. Mm-hmm. And, he, um, Michael's like a oh, stupid corporate, like booze ever killed anybody. And it's like a comment like that where right. like it wasn't intentional, yeah, but you hear that, but it, it's a real thing. Totally. Like, obviously like sadly, like people do die from that. But right. like, I feel like when he said that, he wasn't meaning to be insensitive. It was just, it went over his head yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But. I think about that all the time with that show and with other shows there in the 2000s and the 90s and stuff. I feel like The Office specifically is such a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. that a 2020s decade version of it would be very interesting to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I mean, they might have a, a reunion, might do a, a new season or however many they want to on Peacock for NBC. So... It'd be cool to see them all come back in. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever we set up the episode, you put on there that you like spicy food. Yes. Yeah. I do. What kind of, what kind of spicy food do you like? Oh, I love spicy ramen. I love, did I put spicy food? I think so. I think I did. I have to forgot. Spicy food. (laughs) Do you watch or have you ever seen hot ones? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so I love good. the one with Paul Rudd. Yeah. That's one of my favorite <laughs> ones. That one is so good. Who would have thought <laughs> that, that mean blind that would have that happened with him? Oh, I need to watch it again. It's yeah. So I love, I love hot wings. I love it. I love yeah. hot wings so much. What's um, the spiciest food you've ever had? I've had Buffalo Wild Wings hottest sauce before. Yeah. I, I think it's called Atomic. Okay. I don't think that's the hottest thing I've ever had, but like in high school, we had food days in Spanish class senior mm. year all the time. Yeah. So one of my classmates brought in a bottle of it and we would just use it as dipping <laughs> chips in it, like hot sauce. Yeah. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to do the blazing challenge at Buffalo Wild Wings. <gasps> Me too. I feel like, yeah. man get my photo up on that wall for the plays and challenge would have been 
I would that's love 17 that. year old Nick's dream right there. I would love that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I feel like I've eaten a lot of really spicy things. Um, I do love spicy ramen, yeah. like spicy tonkatsu ramen. Um, and then Hanabi ramen, they have a Godzilla ramen challenge. Okay. Where it's like a big bowl of like this super, super spicy ramen. And I, I think there's a time limit. Mm. Um, Man. so I would love to do that, but yeah. Um, my favorite snack is spicy or no, no, it's flaming hot white cheddar popcorn. Um, I Cheetos, uh, flaming hot white cheddar popcorn sounds delicious. I've never had that. It's that brand that's, it's always in the black bag. It's like mm-hmm. smart something yep. and it's always the white cheddar. There's smart pop. Is smart that what it pop. Is? I think that's what it is. That's like the only thing that <laughs> I'm kind of pulling that out of thin air. I don't know if that's actually I what it is. I was thinking that too. It's. It's like smart foods or something. Okay. Um, I have this really weird experience when I eat spicy food, my head gets itchy. Huh. I don't know if that's an allergy thing or not. <laughs> I don't know. I like spicy food a whole lot. I lived that's in Seattle for a long time yeah. and there's a lot of um, Thai food and Japanese food and mm. Korean food Love in it. Washington state. And uh, just got to experience a lot of spicy food. There's, yeah. there's the Pike Place Market. Um, and there's the last time I was there, there was a guy doing a ghost pepper hot sauce and mm-hmm. he would put a drop on your tongue and put a drop on his. And, you know, just, I didn't oh, do it. Wow. I should have. But watching these people just turn all different shades of red when they... I think I've had a ghost burger before. What and is I didn't, that? Like a, like a burger with ghost peppers mm. in it. I don't think that bothered me, yeah. actually. It was really good. I was going to get some ramen a couple of days ago and they asked, you know, like what level of heat I wanted. And they said that their top level had ghost pepper in it. And I was like, mm, maybe another day. See, anytime I go to a Thai place and they ask me, I always get a four. Yeah. I haven't yeah. gone to five yet, but I might try five yeah. sometime. I partially too, I uh, went to a friend's house and she had the Carolina Reaper chip challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to do it, but I really wanted to but I know that there's some places around, I don't know around here, but like they have hot wings or like hot spicy food challenges where you have to like sign a consent form. (laughs) So I haven't done that. And that's really scary. Yeah, any Um, food that you have to sign a consent form to consume sounds like a dangerous mission. I feel like that would be a little too much. I feel like that would tear everything up inside. Um, So I haven't gone to that level, but I I enjoy spicy food. Like you can find the spicy, the flaming Hot popcorn at Walmart or anywhere. It's so good. It's really addicting. I had some before this interview too. Oh yeah? Yeah. How was that? uh, Did the the flavor of that kind of sit with the coffee in an interesting way or was it kind of gone? Oh, I think it was gone. I had some water. I do like to taste the different um, heat profiles of a coffee Mm -hmm. throughout the cup. Yeah. I feel like as it kind of cooled down a little bit, that uh, chocolate, the dark chocolate note on it came out quite a bit more. Um, It's still fantastic. I don't know if Onyx can make a coffee that I don't enjoy. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I feel like the wine note isn't as prominent. Mm -mm. I still definitely get gummy bear. Oh yeah, which is a very interesting flavor note to have on a coffee. I think, I think the most interesting flavor note I've ever had was Lucky Charms. What was that on? Um, it was an Onyx coffee. So I had a friend, um, Mm, I'm in this brew group on Instagram and we do a coffee swap every now and then. Okay. So he sent me a bag from Crema in Nashville and he actually bought a bag of the Columbia Eugenoids that they released, um, which also had notes of guava. Nice. 
Um, it was like Guava Lucky Charms and uh, I want to say like passion fruit or something. And he was such a nice person. He was like, here's the rest of it. And it was enough <laughs> for two brews. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I brewed one on AeroPress and I brewed one on V60. Okay. And one, I think it was the AeroPress one that tasted like Lucky Charms. And I brewed it on V60 and that one tasted more fruity. Okay. And I was like, that's so interesting. But man, it was so good. It, it literally, I, I can't even explain. Yeah. Like, it literally tasted like eating a spoonful of Lucky Charms. It was absolutely insane. It was so good. That sounds awesome. And I wish I bought a bag for myself, but I think it was like, $90 for four ounces, I think. Wow. It was a little pricey, a little but it was bit. definitely worth it. Onyx just won a flavor award for one of their roasts. I can't remember I'm not which surprised. one it is. Yeah. I want to say surprised. the 10 ounce was like 56, the four ounce was 16 or somewhere mm. around there. Growing up as a kid, all I ever wanted was a box of marshmallow only Lucky Charms. And I felt like that mm. came after my childhood. But of course, you know, as an adult, you can just buy whatever cereal you want. And, uh, now it, now it exists. I would. Well, yeah. I shouldn't, but I, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I, uh, Onyx is behind the scenes is insane. Yeah. So we actually, my husband and I went up there. Oh, sweet. Because I'd never been to Onyx before and that was like my, one of my dreams was to go see them in person. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was our, it was our third anniversary because it was before COVID. Uh, we drove up to Fayetteville mm -hmm. and that's where my husband went to college. So we drove around U of A. Yeah. Um, and my uncle lives up there. So we visited the Bentonville location. And then the next day we went to Rogers, which is their new headquarters. Mm, yeah. And when I Beautiful. say it is the, everything that I would want in a shop, I mean, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. It was open, like open concept, nice, like open windows. I think they had like greenery. It was so nice. And I, I think I had spoken with Mark Michelson on Instagram like once or twice yeah. and I had just messaged and I was like, Hey, like we're coming up, like definitely would love to meet you and just say hi. And we sat up at the bar, like where you can look at in front of the roasters mm -hmm. and like he looked over, I guess he, re he like recognized me and like we introduced ourselves. Cool. And I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Like they had like, pretty sure Diedrich made them a special roaster cause it like had onyx engraved. It was That's beautiful. Awesome. And then he was like, do y'all, do y'all want to come back here? I was like, like hey, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we got to meet Summer Zhang. Um, I think that's her last name. If I'm watching it, I'm so sorry, but she's like their head of quality control. Wow. Super nice. I mean, everyone there was so nice and he kind of took us around like their wholesale process, how they dumped the coffee and he took us to their green coffee storage, mm. which is kind of downstairs, kind of underground. Yeah. Um, Cause I think you can regulate temperatures down there better, which is so smart. That makes sense. It was massive. Like our green coffee storage is nothing <laughs> compared to them and took us through their training lab where like Alika does all like his videos on Instagram mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think I met, yeah, I got to meet Alika while we were down there, like briefly at one of the locations, I believe. At some point we went upstairs and he showed us their bar that they opened up at night. Cool. We didn't go to that, but it was super cool. Yeah. And then we got to meet John Allen um, just briefly. And yeah, I just got to talk to Mark about roasting. And I was like, you know, if I had a podcast or anything, like I would love to talk with him. Like, I mean, even talking with him for just a couple minutes, just yeah. like, and I think that was like right after I became head roaster. Mm. And so just talking about that journey and I'm even trying to remember all that we talked about, but I was just like, it's so great getting to talk about roasting with someone who obviously knows what they're doing yeah. and does it with excellence. Right. 
And I was just like, you know, Onyx totally sets the example. Yeah, like yeah. I want like the never settle for good enough. It's yeah. just like, I mean, I want that mentality. And sometimes it's hard, mm-hmm. even if like working for a, a smaller business, but like they do so much coffee and they still have that mentality. And it's so like, it just sets the example. I mean, they really set the tone for the entire specialty coffee community yeah. in at least the nation, I yeah. guess. Uh, but I know they're known worldwide now. Right. Um, but yeah, getting to see that was just, I mean, it really was inspiring for me and I was just so happy. And yeah. then um, we were asking like what coffee we should buy and they had some stuff on drip so we got to sample it. Cool. And like one of it was the El Salvador. It was our honey processed El Salvador. Okay. That was so good. Yeah. Um, and then it was one of the Ethiopias that they had. I can't remember what that was, but man, yeah, it, that, that was just a cool experience was getting to do that because it was totally unexpected, but like getting to see how a business like that works at that level and that capacity, but mm-hmm. still they're so efficient. They do it with excellence. Like yeah. everything they set their mind to, they do it so well. Yeah. You can definitely see across the board that they want to do everything with excellence. That Their motto is not something that just feels like it's plastered on a wall somewhere. Like it really is just soaked into the whole culture of everything that they do. The goal for the podcast in 2021 is to sit down with somebody from Onyx. Mm, That's what I want to do. I want to have a conversation with just somebody from there because I've had, I've admired everything about how they approach coffee and not just how they approach coffee, how they have invested so much time in, the culture around it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a really incredible uh, group of people over there. And they just started following you, right? They did a couple of <gasps> days ago. I'm so jealous. I, uh, I'm so jealous. I don't. So I created I created a TikTok for the uh, <laughs> for the podcast because oh, I, I didn't know that recently. Okay, I did. I don't. There's nothing on there yet. Okay, because I want to f- get the right visuals for the video set up. I don't really have that space quite yet but Onyx only has like a hundred and some odd or 200 and some odd followers over there. And so I, I followed it because I'm, that's who I'm going to follow a couple of roasters that have, I think they had one, I think Verve had one, but not a whole lot of coffee roasters have TikTok profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and they followed back on there. And so I was like, Hey, dang, that's pretty cool. And so I tagged them on the Instagram story post and you know, they saw it and then followed the Instagram. I was like, y'all, this is, the fact that they even followed the podcast and mm-hmm. I've only released at that time, I had only released, I think seven episodes felt pretty awesome. Yeah. I've admired them. I mean, I have more Onyx branded clothing than any other actual brand of clothing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, kind of funny, but yeah, they're, they're really cool. Hopefully yeah. I'll get to sit down with somebody from there. That would That's be pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end of last year, they did post one of my photos on their feed Oh, and man. I was totally surprised. Yeah. I think it was in our brew group. Someone had shared that they had done that. And so I looked and it was, um, I had gotten their roasters box and it was a sample of their Beretti, which, oh, that's another one that I love. The Ethiopia yeah. Beretti. Okay. Have you had it? I have not. It's like berries, silky. It's so good. It's like, it's one of the smoothest Ethiopia coffees I've ever had, but it's like nice, like, kind of like sweet berry jam mm. almost, cool. but it's like so smooth and it's not, it's like nice and sweet and tart, 
but it doesn't overpower. Yeah. It's, and it's, oh, simple syrup. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Um, so I, I just posted a picture of that on my blog with, I normally take pictures on our white kitchen table with like a plant in mm-hmm. the background. I guess that's kind of my aesthetic, yeah. I guess. I, I'm still trying to figure Your it vibe. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then one of my friends shared that, one of my, like they shared my photo and then I looked and like they had tagged me and they had tagged me in the caption and everything and like on their that's story, cool. I was like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. I feel, I'm like, I feel like I peaked already. Yeah. I'm like so excited. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I know. Yeah. But yeah, maybe That's they'll follow cool. back someday. There you go. But if not, it's okay. I'll yeah. still promote them. If I do a brew review, I have seasons. So normally I start or end a season with them. Okay. So. That's awesome. That's I need to try cool. their half-calf or decaf. My plan right now is to do a full master list of decaf coffees from specialty coffee companies for people who can't have caffeine or power naps not new right no okay, i don't that, think so i, just I haven't seen had it, it. I, I heard it's good yeah i i mean i imagine it's good yeah. it's coming from them true <laughs> uh well it has been a blast having you on the show i, I feel like this uh segment is going to be a whole lot of fun to do with you just because of your office love <laughs> so maybe it's going to be this maybe it's not so this segment's called name that drink oh um, who's your favorite character across books, TV shows, movies, whichever. It can be The Office if you want. It can be anything else. I don't know. I mean, probably Gandalf. Okay. From Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I started reading Fellowship of the Ring like a long time ago. I still need to read through like Two Towers in Return of the King. But I feel like in the movies, from what I've read, like he's portrayed so well. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like, you know, he is very wise and kind of his background. So he was, from my understanding, because I was doing some research and reading too, um, he was kind of an elf before. Um, He was called a Maiar. So he was kind of on like, you know, with the Balrog Mm -hmm. in the movie. So they, when they were first, I guess, created, they were kind of on like the same level. Hmm. Um, That's And he had a different name but he was considered the wisest okay. and like, I think the kindest mm. and he originally didn't want to become uh, there. So their other term for wizard is Istari. Okay. So I think originally he didn't want to become one, mm. but the um, higher elves um, or the Valar, they wanted him to, gotcha. um, but yeah, he's just very wise, but he also very compassionate. Yeah. He's very strong. Um, and yeah, he's yeah. just, he's super cool. Well, let's, I'm going to put him in a specific uh, part of Middle Earth. So Gandalf's strolling through the Shire, mm-hmm. smoking a pipe, stopped by his favorite Hobbit run coffee shop. <laughs> what is he going to order? I feel like he would have some kind of natural Ethiopia. Because mm-hmm. I know he likes wine, but he also likes tea. Yeah. So something that's like nice and floral. And I think he would drink it black. Yeah. You know? But yeah, something that's nice, light roast. Yeah. Like herbal or like kind of like wine. Yeah. Notes. So I think he would enjoy that. Do you have a favorite line from Gandalf? I mean, it's I think it's a well-known one from the movie, but when he's talking with Frodo mm-hmm. and Moria and he's telling him, like Frodo's like, I wish the ring never came to mm-hmm. me. Like, I wish none of this happened. And yep. I think I remember the quote. 
Um, he says, so do all who live to see such times, but that's not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And I was like, I mean, that brings so true. Like, yeah. it's, like even listening to podcasts um, and everything, it's just like, you know, we have this one, not to call it this one chance, but we have this one life, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of like when you think about it, like the day, like yesterday, like yesterday's past, won't mm-hmm. come back. You know, and it'll happen every day, yeah. you know, and so we don't get a chance to repeat um, anything, but it's just like, you know, focusing, and not necessarily even focusing on the future, but just focusing on the present, which is something that I struggle with also. Like yeah. I always worry about my past and, mm. and I also worry about the future. Yeah. And I feel like I'm never really enjoying the present because yeah. I'm worrying about so much. Um, but it's just like enjoying the present moment or learning from the present moment if it's like a hard day. Yeah. Like learn from it and know, like even when I was working at Chick-fil-A, um, the manager at the time, I was, ha- I think I was having a really bad day and my manager at the time encouraged me and, you know, told me like, you know, moments are moments that pass. And for some reason, like that just really stuck with me, mm-hmm. like recognizing what a moment is and why it's called a moment. Yeah. You know, it just passes. Um, and like, I just love that quote from mm-hmm. Gandalf and, you know, um, I think being the- present is something that, continues to come up in conversations that I have with people. I think a lot of us are realizing all of the ways that we're distracted in our lives and um, not just, you know, mentally distracted, but physically tangibly distracted by our devices or, you know, whatever it else it might be. Uh, And so being present, being focused on something that you're doing. Honestly, one of the reasons I love doing this is because every single time that I've done this, the guest has taken their phone and put it down and I get to have a 30 to hour, 30 minute to an hour long conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. We can talk about coffee and whatever the heck else, you know, that we enjoy. But I think, um, you know, intentional conversations are few and far between mm-hmm. without distraction. So yeah. I, I mean, podcasts are doing this has been a really great way to have conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, trying to be present is something I'm actively working towards in my own in my own life as mm-hmm. well. Emily, it's been a joy to have you on the show. Where can people find either yourself or the, the roastery or out of the brew on social media? Our work handle for Bongiorno, I believe it's just Bongiorno Coffee. My personal handle is emily.adkisson. Really original. Hey, at least you got um, it. Yeah. <laughs> Having the last name Richards has been an incredible challenge for oh, social bet, media yeah. handles. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, um, my blog handle is out of the brew with a period in between each word out dot of dot the dot brew. And normally I have a link to the website in my profile and yeah, that's awesome. That's it. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. We'd love to have you back sometime in the future. If you want to do another episode, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, this is super fun. Awesome. As always, no coffee is harmed in the making of this episode because this is No No Creamer. Creamer.